Belonging is a big deal, something we all crave. If you've ever felt like you don't quite belong, life can be pretty tough. But here's the thing most forget. Belonging isn't a thing you can touch. It's a feeling deep inside of you. So yeah, <laughs> we've got to talk about our feelings and how our experiences shape them. Now, feelings can be tricky. Some are tough to feel and others are hard to put into words. It's my thing to break them down and give us better ways to talk about them so that those important conversations become less awkward. And speaking of feelings, I'm excited to dive into two powerful ones that can lead us off course. And I'm talking here about resentment and infatuation. These emotions can make us lose sight of our true selves and of our sense of belonging. And as a designer, I often ask, how do you want to come home to yourself? It's about returning to who you really are, shedding the pressures and masks we wear in the outside world. But think about it. The idea of coming home suggests that at some point we've drifted away, perhaps losing touch with our core values. In this week's podcast, we're going to explore how these two intense emotions, resentment and infatuation, might be shaping your life right now, whether you notice it or not. So if you've ever felt a pull of resentment or the thrill of infatuation, Come and join me as we unravel the heart of these feelings, discover how they influence our journey back to our true selves, and gain, yeah, come and gain fresh insights. Just say where you are right now. Listen, and let's explore together. Sadly, and welcome to Worth Having, the podcast where we explore belonging and the question, how do I want to come home to myself? I'm Nick, and each episode will explore how to avoid becoming a burnout cliche and instead take yourself from good to great. Burnout doesn't have to be your reality. By connecting emotional intelligence with positive psychology, we can uncover untapped potential, create better opportunities, and answer the tough question, what's truly worth having in life. Join me, and together we're going to figure out how to take back work-life control. Because as a designer, I craft strategies for regenerative leadership, and I simplify the conversation around self-leadership and self-efficacy. Because to belong means no one has to do this alone. And with that said, you're always welcome here, because you do belong. Thanks for joining me on this adventure, let's get started. To another episode of Worth Having. I'm your host, Nick Schaltisig, and today I'm diving into a fascinating hypothesis that might challenge your understanding of emotions, at least two very specific ones. I'll be exploring the connection between two seemingly opposing emotions, which would be resentment and infatuation. It's a topic that will push us to examine our own biases and beliefs. But before we go there, let me quickly explain you something. Usually, when I write and record these episodes, I have done extensive research beforehand. Not just the academic kind, by looking at verified sources and publications, but also my very own private ones. A pattern or topic comes up, either through conversation or something is being published, and then... I have extensive conversations about these things with real people. I talk to a lot of people and I ask about their 
a layman everyday understanding, their cultural upbringing and cultural wisdom, as well as some very personal or even intimate experiences. And as any good friend of mine will probably, I mean, hopefully attest to, these conversations touch pretty intimate parts of our inner life. It takes a good deal of trust and vulnerability, as well as being able to set boundaries to have those conversations. And if any of my friends should be listening, you know who you are. And damn, I think you are so brave to open up to me. So massive, massive thank you from the bottom of my heart. Anyways... Today's topic is one that I have, academically speaking, researched, but not yet talked about with many people. And recording an episode about it at this point is new and somewhat uncomfortable for me. But hey, let's be courageous and try, shall we? So, through my work with clients and conversations with expats as well as experts, expats and experts, I have talked the topic of resentment through quite a bit. I can give you an entire keynote on it and (laughs) I can even make grown people cry in a matter of minutes because it usually strikes such a painful chord. But then recently I came across the topic of infatuation and (laughs) it made me cry. I saw and felt my young self in those examples, and I had a little bit of grieving and self-compassion to practice because a whole lot of self-judgment came up. Guilt and shame about my past self, but also a whole lot of worrying, worrying about the future and whether I might still be subject to fall prey to this. And then it hit me. I saw the one mirrored in the other. And I came up with this hypothesis. Listen up. What if resentment and infatuation are two sides of the same metal? Resentment and infatuation, two emotions that appear vastly different at first glance, but are they truly distinct? What if they share a common thread? And that one would be, both emotions involve looking at a person from a single and narrow angle and making us think and do stupid shit. So, on the one side, resentment, we find ourselves overwhelmed with negative feelings. And the most common reaction we show, the emotion we tell ourselves we feel, is not resentment, but anger. Because between resentment and anger, anger is so much easier to experience. Because when in anger, we feel superior to the other person. We're completely rejecting them. And no matter how long past their transgression, we keep on thinking mean thoughts about them. Resentment is a lingering feeling of bitterness that arises when we perceive unfair treatment or a violation of our expectations. <laughs> Wait, no, that, yeah, no, that's too mildly said. Not just expectations, but a violation of our deep held values. Something that feels 
to us personally, like common decency. And that person that we resent is then not just violating our space, but since it's common decency, they are violating everyone's space. And that gives us reason to be angry on behalf of basically everyone. And it often stems from a sense of injustice or a belief that we have been wronged, right? Whatever they have done feels unforgivable. The person becomes their transgression and they are fundamentally bad news. Or as a friend recently put it, they are bad aura people. Okay, let that land, let that sink in. On the other hand, on the other side of that metal, we have infatuation. In this state, we become consumed with positive emotions and we become blind to any problematic behavior or negativity of that person. We yearn to be worthy in their eyes. We are seeking their validation, we're seeking their acceptance, and we're seeking their praise. It is an intense and often exaggerated attraction or admiration towards someone. It can be characterized as a sense of idealization and a desire to be close to the object of our infatuation. And if resentment gives people a bad aura, then infatuation gives them that holy glow, a halo when we see them. How's that for you? So... How do resentment and infatuation actually show up in our lives and what are the consequences? So from Brini Brown's work, we know that resentment belongs to the emotional family of envy. That means we're being confronted with a lack. In Atlas of the Heart, she writes, For years, I assumed that resentment was a form of anger related to my perfectionism. I mostly felt resentful toward people whom I perceived to be not working or sacrificing or grinding or perfecting or advocating as hard as I was. You want to see me go into full tilt resentment? Just watch someone tell me, yeah, I stopped working on it. It's not exactly perfect, but it's good enough. Or "Ah, I know it's due tomorrow, but I'm wiped out, so I'm packing it in. Or, I don't get involved in those issues. They really don't affect me. (laughs) It is on. I've spent decades working on my perfectionism, and that helped. But resentment remained an issue. Then, all of a sudden, in one sentence, my life changed. I was interviewing the emotions researcher and writer Mark Brackett for our Unlocking Us podcast. And we were chatting before the actual recording started. Out of the blue, I said, before we start, I've got a personal question. Is resentment part of the anger family? Without hesitation, Mark replied, no, resentment is part of envy. Oh, holy shit. I'm not mad because you're resting. I'm mad because I'm bone tired and I want to rest. But unlike you, I'm going to pretend that I don't need to. I'm not furious that you're okay with something that's really good and imperfect. I'm furious because I want to be okay with something that is really good and imperfect. 
Your lack of work is not making me resentful. My lack of rest is making me resentful. So that's Brittany Brown. And from my own examples, from conversations with my clients, from conversations with other coaches and experts, I know the following to be true. The reason why we feel instant anger is because our ego is trying to keep us shielded from self-judgment and falling into guilt or even shame. It is incredibly hard to hold two contrasting emotions at the same time. The problem is not that we don't understand and we are tired and need a break or an extended rest like a vacation. It's because something else we hold dear is hidden behind our refusal to rest. And I'm speaking here again about values. Maybe you hold being responsible and reliable as a value and you've been simply overdoing it on that front. You know that it is okay even better to hand something in at 70% complete because there will be more rounds of revision anyways. It's actually not helping getting stressed about quote-unquote being perfect. In this regard, feeling resentful is rooted in our desire in being mature, being a person of integrity. Or we can, of course, just turn it around and also argue the other way around. Our immature young person is coming up and they had an image of what it means to be a grown-up and they went all in on that and we are still holding on to this. We've never questioned ourselves. But there's also a positive side to resentment. Since all emotions are intelligence, what does it tell us? Resentment can serve as a powerful indicator of our values and boundaries. When we feel resentment, it is an opportunity to reflect on what matters to us and to communicate our needs effectively. But what about infatuation? So infatuation too has its own duality. On the positive side, it's a powerful and captivating emotion that has the ability to drive us towards action and decision-making but it often manifests as a heightened, passionate, but quite shallow fixation. It is essential to remember that it doesn't have to define our lives. On the positive side, our thoughts become laser-focused on the object of our infatuation. But on the other side, it's causing other concerns that are also important or even vital to live a healthy life It causes them to fade into insignificance. We quite literally lose ourselves in infatuation. So infatuation is a captivating emotion, luring us into a rapturous world of passionate longing. Our perception becomes clouded by imagination because as incomplete knowledge captivates our thoughts, meaning we have very little reliable information about that person, And we are just too eagerly filling the gaps with the most positive scenarios we can come up with. We're driven by the desire to get closer and often resulting in behavior that seeks to bridge the gap. It tempts us to act in ways that deviate from our true desires and beliefs, from our true values, and it's pushing us outside our comfort zones 
And very often it's encouraging risk taking. So all in all, what does this all tell us? It means a younger part of us is showing up and we like the thrill of it. Emotions are intense. They are fast and strong. We feel urgency to act. And that can be a beautiful thing to feel this youthful energy. But if it's accompanied by immature, unreflected thinking and acting, ooh, wow, yeah. What we need to recognize about being infatuated is that by idealizing another person and putting them on a pedestal, we create another power dynamic. This time, it's not us looking down on somebody else, but making them quote-unquote better than us. So we look up to them. We might end up feeling small and less than. And if that happens, that creates insecurity and it becomes hard to develop trust towards other people and even more so self-trust that we can have our own backs. And here's the part I haven't had yet time to investigate deeper. If resentment is about us taking a value, taking showing up as a grown-up too seriously, is infatuation then us being afraid to grow up, afraid to be responsible, and afraid to be the one who shows up for themselves? And we rather put our self-worth in someone else's hands? It certainly appears at least to me, to be like this. Okay, so again, let that sink in. But at the same time, (laughs) let's move on. My next question at this point is, now that we understand the manifestations of resentment and infatuation, how can we harvest the information each carries? How can we use these emotions to live a more emotionally informed life? So for resentment, it's crucial to examine our own insecurities and vulnerabilities. Resentment often arises from unmet needs or unaddressed emotions or unquestioned values. By exploring our feelings and acknowledging our own shortcomings, we can gain a deeper understanding of ourselves and build healthier relationships. And if my hypothesis holds true, so saying that both emotions are two sides of the same coin, then that should also be true for infatuation, right? With infatuation, we must cultivate self-love and self-worth. It's important to recognize that our value does not depend on someone else's approval or validation. By embracing our own worthiness, we can build healthier connections, healthier relationships based on equality and mutual respect. Now, I invite you, dear listener, to reflect on what arises within you after exploring this hypothesis. Have you experienced resentment or infatuation in your life? (laughs) Stupid question, right? I'm pretty sure you've experienced both. So how have these emotions affected your relationships and your self-perception? Take a moment to pause and explore these feelings within yourself. 
And then finally, let's consider one last aspect. And that would be, can we consciously hold friendships that bring up these emotions within us? What are the benefits and risks we need to be aware of? Can you have a person in your life that brings up resentment? And is it then possible for you to call them a friend? Is it wise or helpful to have or keep a friend around that you are infatuated with? I mean, Hollywood coming-of-age movies clearly say no. Keep your distance. But here is what I believe. When we allow ourselves, and I'm consciously using the word allow, when we allow ourselves to have friends who evoke feelings of resentment or infatuation, we open ourselves up to growth and self-discovery. These emotions act as mirrors, reflecting aspects of ourselves we may not have fully explored yet. However, it's essential to proceed with caution and self-awareness. The benefits lie in the opportunity of personal transformation, clearly. By engaging with these emotions consciously, we can uncover deeper insights into our values, our boundaries, and our patterns of behavior. Yet, we must be mindful of the risks. It's so easy to become entangled in toxic dynamics, may it be through resentful comparison or unbalanced power dynamics fueled by infatuation. It's crucial to maintain healthy boundaries and seek support when needed. So, (laughs) as we wrap up our time together today, let's remember that true emotional competence requires us to feel and hold space for seemingly dissonant feelings. There is beauty in the coexistence of difficult emotions like resentment and infatuation, as they can provide invaluable insights into ourselves and into others. And as we've been talking so much about our young and immature part, let me finish with this. Having the maturity to refine your emotional intelligence is a truly sexy and attractive hue to wear. May we all have the courage to embrace the fullness of our humanity with curiosity and compassion. So, dear friend, dear listener, thank you for coming on this journey with me today. It really has been a journey for me to um, yeah, present all this, even though I have not done all my work. Perfectionism, right? Um, I will continue having these conversations with real people in my life, and I hope you will too. And I want you, at this point, to remember that you do belong. You don't have to wait for someone else to grant you access to belonging. You're the designer of your belonging. And then secondly, if you found this helpful and inspiring, please share it with your people. I would really appreciate it, and I really appreciate you. A bientôt et au revoir, Cynic.